Well, hello, everyone. This is John Byrne with Poets of Quants. Welcome to Business Casual, our weekly podcast with my co-hosts, Caroline Diorti Edwards and Maria Wickvilla. We're going to address a question that every applicant to business school confronts. How many schools should you actually apply to? You know, obviously, there's no magic number for anyone. But we're going to talk about whether the old strategy of having a couple of safety schools, a couple of reach schools, and a couple of schools that are more or less in the pocket still applies to people in uh, this admissions season. Caroline, what do you think? How many business schools should, in fact, an applicant apply to? It depends on lots of things, right? So it depends how far in advance the candidate is preparing. It's easier to apply to more schools if you start the process well ahead of time. So beginning of September, I spoke with a candidate who suddenly decided he wanted to apply to a couple of extra schools. And it was like two weeks before the deadline. He hasn't started anything. So that, that's not very realistic. Schools are very adept mm-hmm. at figuring out if you've thrown an application together at the last minute. You might think that you fooled them, but but believe me, you won't, right? Because they are very skilled at reading, reading between the lines. And so if your application is not well thought through, just don't bother, right? It's better to wait. It's better to apply when you have given the application time to, to develop and mature. Otherwise, you're just shortchanging yourself. And then it depends, you know, when in the season you're starting. If you are starting in round one, then you could feasibly apply to, you know, potentially two, three, four schools in round one. Really, you know, four schools you need to be working well in advance, several months in advance, if you're going to do that well. And then you could apply to a similar number of schools in round two, and then potentially even round three for some schools, right? So some candidates may be able to do good applications for perhaps up to 10 schools in one season. But it, it does depend on how far in advance you're, you're starting the process and whereabouts in the season we are. Ten schools, it feels like overkill to me, is it? Yeah, so it's also important to have done your research and apply to schools where you genuinely feel like there's a good fit for you, right? And so ten schools might well be pushing it. There may not be ten schools where you know, the, the community is a great fit for you. The overall program is is ideal for you. So it, it's true that you might not find 10 different schools that are, correspond to exactly what you're looking for. I think, you know, most candidates can find four or five schools that resonate with them and would be great options for them. That shouldn't be too difficult as long as you keep an open mind. Sometimes candidates get way too fixated on certain brand names or or a certain location and again you know might be shortchanging themselves because they're ruling out options without really seriously considering the value that that some other schools could bring to them right and i wonder your typical client would apply to how many schools would you think well it depends where where they're applying so i personally work a lot with candidates applying to INSEAD and it's quite common that candidates applying to INSEAD may apply to a couple of other schools, but it often doesn't go much beyond two or three other schools because INSEAD is a quite a unique experience. And it's a very, obviously, a very international school. It's a one-year program. You have a campus exchange opportunity, etc. So 
I think if you're applying to the international schools, your your list might be shorter than if you're applying to the US schools, where there may be more options that that could bring you similar benefits. Right. So I would say for the US schools, our clients are typically applying to four or five schools. And sometimes, you know, they may do that work with us and then they may apply to additional schools by themselves because the work that we do with them on a handful of schools will give them you know, a fantastic foundation that they can then work from to apply to additional schools by themselves. Maria, what's your take on this? Well, I agree. I think people should pretty much apply to as many schools as they think they can comfortably juggle. Under no circumstances should you only apply to two schools or three schools, especially if those schools are Harvard, Stanford, and and Wharton, unless you're totally fine with being a reapplicant in the future. That's what I tell people when they're like, no, I'm only applying to Harvard and Stanford because those are the only two schools I'm interested in. And I'm like, yeah, cool. They might not be interested in you though. So like some, some people are sometimes like, no, but you don't understand me. I really want to go to Stanford. I'm like, oh boy, I bet they, they, I, they're excited to hear that. You know, it's the question though, if they want you. So anyway, you know, look, if you're sort of younger in your career and you think I'm just going to I'm just going to shoot my shot and see what happens and I'm okay reapplying in the future, then sure, apply to only a couple of schools. But if you're serious about getting in this year, in this cycle, I do like to see people apply to at least four to six schools. And, you know, the amount of work that you have to do, sometimes you can find schools that have similar essays. Some schools make it definitely easier for you to apply to them than others. So schools that might have easier essays or schools that might have a robust for example, student ambassador program, where it's very easy for me to set up a call with someone and, and ask them all my questions and learn about the school pretty quickly. It's a lot easier to apply to a school like that versus schools that may be a little bit more opaque or schools that may have more complicated more complicated essays. I think we one of the things we were talking about was, is there such a thing as a, a safety school versus a comfortable school versus a slam dunk school? And I think it depends on which tier of schools you're talking about. So if you're talking about schools, I don't know, let's just just to throw a number out there, ranked sort of, I don't know, 15th to 30th or below that area, then I think you you can be a little bit more comfortable with, okay, if my GMAT score is very competitive, if my work experience is competitive, then I have a pretty good shot. I don't think there's anything as a as a guaranteed, as a guaranteed slam dunk pretty much for anyone. But as you get into the more elite a school is, the higher the bar it sets for proven leadership and proven accomplishment. And so given that, I think it's it's impossible for pretty much anyone to say, oh, this is going to be, you know, oh, Wharton's going to be my safety school. Like, yikes. It's <laughs> probably, <laughs> it probably isn't. Um, and I'd much rather have you apply to lots of schools now and then later on say, oh, I wasted all this time because Maria told me to apply to extra schools and I got into Wharton anyway and I wasted all my time. I'd rather have you be grumpy at me for that than only apply to one school and not get in and then now find yourself a year, like having to wait an entire other year to now re-engage. And I, and I also think, and part of what, what leads me to say this is that I do think that the schools are looking for also for fit. So it, it's not this linear thing where, well, if you get into one school that's higher ranked, you're definitely getting into a school that's lower ranked. You know, Columbia has been, they have a rolling admissions process and they have been issuing acceptances and rejections for the past several weeks. And people who have gotten interview invites to Harvard and to Booth have gotten rejected from Columbia. 
So it's it's not necessarily on this like linear scale where people say, well, I'll, you know, Columbia is going to be my safety school. Like, well, I don't know about that. So I think that a lot of it is that sincerity does come through. And as Caroline said, if you just throw together a quick, you know, oh yeah, I want to come to your school because you your school has classes and it, I want to learn business and your school teaches business. If it's like that, then it doesn't matter. Like you're not getting in because you couldn't even be bothered to put in the effort to get to know us. So I think that it's it's better. I don't want to, I don't think you should apply to 400 schools, but I also think that you, you should apply. It's better to spread out your risk but every time you do spread out your risk, make sure you do a bare minimum of research, student outreach, really looking deeply at what the school offers and unique things that it has to make your, your application there as specific as possible. Okay. So let's say someone is going to apply to six schools and they've given themselves enough time to apply to six schools. Should they, in fact, pick two reaches, two targets, and two safety schools? Or is it not as simple as that? Maria? I don't know if it's quite as simple as that because it depends what those six schools are. So because so many people do tend to at least start this process, you know, most people starting the process think, oh, I'm going to apply to Stanford, uh, Wharton, and Harvard. And then frequently they do a little more research and they realize, oh, maybe that's not a great use of my time. Um, But let's say that most people start off with that as their list. Then the other schools should definitely be you know, you like you have to ask yourself really like, why am I doing this? Like, what is it that I'm hoping to get at the end of it? If it's, let's say, I want to transition to a job in the technology space and I want to work at Amazon, then look at the other schools that can equally just as well get you that job at Amazon. Um, if you want to work in real estate, look at other schools. Yeah, Columbia's, you know, Wharton's a really good school for real estate. Columbia's really good, but you know what? NYU can probably get you similar opportunities in real estate. So I think that's when it's up to you to the the more work you put into researching the schools that are more likely to get you where you want to go, that's going to pay dividends because that, you know, that not only is that sincerity going to come through, as we said before, but also when you make your case to the school of why that school is a good fit for you, your logic is going to be a lot more airtight because you're going to say, well, you guys specialize, you know, NYU has a fintech specialization and that's exactly where I want to go in my career if I'm an NYU officer and I'm reading that, I'm thinking, wow, you know, my school actually can help this person get where they want to go versus if it's a more generic argument or if it's somebody who's looking for something that maybe my school is not so good at. So I, I think I, I, I love, you know, I, I get why we want to make this as simplistic as possible. Let's, you know, yes, look at the GMAT score and then deduct 20 and then whatever, you know, put it through this formula and then that well, that's your safety school. Um, but I think you're, I think you're safer schools should be schools that have you know higher acceptance rates but that still offer something that logically makes sense for you because if it if the story doesn't make sense then even your you might be surprised that even your safety school your quote unquote safety school doesn't let you in yeah i mean i i would think that any school that rejects 75% or more of its applicants every year has to be considered a reach school for most candidates, no matter what your GMATs, GPAs, or background is. So, you know, that would include Stanford, Chicago, Booth, Wharton, Northwestern, Kellogg, Harvard, MIT, Columbia, and Berkeley, Yale, and Duke, and Michigan, and NYU Stern. And then any school above 25, I would say, could be a target school for many people, like a Virginia, Cornell, Carnegie Mellon, UCLA, uh, maybe USC, and, and any 
any school that's accepting 40% and above might be a safety school. Of course, all of this changes based on your own individual attributes. So if you're scoring an average score on the GMAT, which is something like 570, this goes out the window entirely because those are not going to be your reach, your target, or your safety schools. For European candidates, Caroline, you mentioned that many only apply to a couple schools, in part because there are fewer options in Europe, and in part because someone may want a particular uh, cultural experience. I mean, if if you're in love with France and and Paris, you're going to apply to HSA. If you're in love with Spain, you might apply to, you know, IESC and, um, and IE and so on. And if you're a real uh, global candidate and a totally committed to an international career, you might go to NCIAD in London. But what, what's, what's your sense of the choice of reach, target, and safety schools? Yeah, I think it, um, you know, there, within that subset of international schools, I mean, there are some options, right? NCIAD and London Business School are often reaches for many candidates. Yeah. But there are many competitor schools who have sought to, I mean, frankly, they've sought to emulate the INSEAD and London Business School formula, right, with very international cohorts and um, an international platform for recruitment. So Oxford, Cambridge, HEC, IE, I would put those in the category of great, you know, options for candidates who might not quite make it into INSEAD or London Business School. Um, I I would say also that, you know, your personal timing makes a difference. So I encourage candidates to start this process, right? If they're not sure about when is the best time, when is the optimal time for them to apply, right? Is it two years into their career? Is it three years into their career? Is it four years into their career? It's better to err on the side of applying a bit too early than a bit too late. And if you are on the early side, then you could take the risk of just applying to your reach and target schools, right, without having any safety schools, because you know that you could go through another cycle next year and reapply to those schools and add some other schools to your list. So so I think that whereas someone who is Okay. reaching their late 20s, a very advanced age of 28, 29 and applying to business school. Oh, um, <laughs> um, remember those days? <laughs> so, so you know, if, if they are a little bit further advanced in their career, they may want to spread their bets more widely in that season because they might have reached a point when it's the optimal time. They've got their best chance now and a year later, they might not look like such a fantastic candidate to some schools. So in that case, they might want to really think very carefully about that set of schools, as you said, you know, reach, target, you know, realistic, and then some safety schools. But if you're applying earlier, then you could just focus on those those more competitive schools. The other issue here, and I think you raised it earlier, Caroline, is the round uh, strategy. So if you're if if you're going to actually say okay I'm going to apply to some reach schools some target schools and some safety schools wouldn't your reach schools naturally be in round 1 Well yes although you've got to keep in mind that a lot of other schools get 
a deluge of applications in round two and they're well aware that those people really had their hearts set on more competitive schools and have been rejected and are now turning their attention elsewhere. So, so you know, that's often the case that candidates will do that, but just be aware of how you manage your round two applications because schools are, are very conscious that many of those candidates have applied very much as a sort of second option, second second choice, and have not put a lot of time and effort into researching the school and considering that fit with the school. And they will have a very careful eye out for that. So you almost need to show the love more to your round two schools than to your round one schools, because they are somewhat suspicious of your motives in round two. Ah. Uh, what about the psychology of applying? Okay, we know that in sports, people who are very successful begin to manifest the results. In other words, they actually think about being incredibly positive about the outcomes on the field in, in a way to motivate them and to throw all of themselves into the game. I wonder if, in fact, the strategy of saying, okay, I'm going to pick a couple of REIT schools, a couple of target schools, and a couple of safety schools is a detriment to the level of confidence and positivity that you need to get into one of these super elite schools, Maria? No, because if if you're strong enough to get into one of these elite schools, you're probably going to get in regardless. <laughs> What's more of a detriment is thinking that Stanford is a slam dunk and then not getting in and then applying to some other similarly competitive schools in round two and then not getting into them. So there's bound to be disappointment all around, but I'd rather have that disappointment be, I didn't get into my first choice school, but I got into a great school versus I didn't get into any schools. And just a quick note on the rounds, round one versus round two. I think one thing that I would definitely not recommend is every once in a while I encounter someone who says, well, I'm applied, I applied to like my safer schools in round two. And then based on how that, if I have really good results, then that will give me the confidence to apply to the more elite schools in round one. The only tricky thing with that is that the deposit deadlines for the round one schools are going to be, are going to happen before you get your notifications from the round two schools. So you might have a school that you're excited about, but not like super excited about. And then you get invited to interview for your dream school in round two, but uh uh-oh, now you have to pay a $3,000 deposit and commit to attend your round one. So just think about that. That's a very sort of, you know, you're like, what deposit deadlines? What does that have to do with my application strategy? But every year around March, I get a ton of emails from people, you know, I was so excited. I got into this one school in round one and I'm waiting to hear back from the dream school. What do I do? And I'm like, you know, you're going to have to pay the money <laughs> like yeah. I do, or yeah. risk or risk ending up with nothing. Um, so just be aware of, of that, of that as a strategy. Like don't, don't, don't try to do just safety schools because then you might end up with nothing. And a lot of people who apply to Columbia, for example, on early decision, and end up having to pay a very high deposit, may reevaluate that if they get into a Harvard or Stanford or Wharton later on, which I'm sure both of you have seen candidates in that very same position. And Columbia demands a very uh, large deposit on those early uh, decision admits. They do because they know that a lot of them are might get into another school and turn them down. And so they get their pound of flesh. And I am fine with Columbia doing that. I think it is a... <laughs> I am I am perfectly fine. You know, if, if these people are applying and saying that it's their number one choice and they're not going to apply anywhere else and then they end up doing it, 
you know, go for it, Columbia. <laughs> Get as much money from them as you can, because at least you end up with a little bit of money from these folks. So my takeaway here is that it's really up to the individual and when the individual begins to prepare their applications. But in general, it seems like most people do four to six applications. In general, it's a good idea not to only go to the super highly selective schools because it's so selective and it's so, in in some cases, random because so many people are highly qualified in those applicant pools to get in that you can't just, it's, it's not a gimme. It's, it's not a no-brainer. You just can't expect to stroll into any of those super elite schools where the acceptance rates are, my God, under 15%. It's really, really hard. And you're right. If you do apply early, you have the opportunity to be a reapplicant. And we know from data that that's been disclosed by the Harvard Business School in the past that fairly decent number of reapplicants actually get in uh, to Harvard Business School, some of whom actually applied more than twice. But you better have a good story to tell on the second or third go-round for sure. I'm thinking that in some cases, maybe it's not a good policy to, to have the old undergraduate strategy of safety, target, and reach schools. That Because for some people, if you're already earning a good amount of money, let's say you work for a venture capital fund or a private equity firm, or you're in hedge funds and you're pulling down, you know, close to 200 grand or more, that should probably impact your choice of schools. I mean, obviously you don't want to quit a job like that and go to a T15, T20, T25 business school for an MBA you're going to aim pretty much for schools that might be in the reach category. Isn't that right, Maria? Right. But that's why I think, you know, a little earlier, I mentioned asking yourself, what is the outcome I want from my time in business school? If it's a short-term outcome, lots of schools might be able to get you that short-term outcome. And maybe only five can get you that outcome. Maybe only two can get you that outcome. Um, So if you're looking at it from that perspective, then yeah, if the outcome is I want to you know, I'm in venture capital, for example, and so I need an elite MBA, you might be better off just not getting an MBA. There are lots of people who just simply don't get MBAs who are high achievers and use those two years instead to advance their careers. And they end up, you know, just as in just as senior positions, if not more senior than people who took the time off for business school. So yes, in that situation, don't bother applying to the other schools because your alternative is so much stronger. But if your alternative is, no, I really, really want to go to business school. My alternative is I want to, you know, staying in my engineering job that really doesn't appeal to me. I don't want to do it anymore. Then you do have to be more prudent and spread your risk around. Yeah. Makes total sense. Caroline, that makes sense to you as well, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's always an individual choice, right? Um, And uh, it's important to, invest a lot of time in reflecting in this process, as Maria said, to think about, you know, what are your short-term goals? What are your longer-term goals? Um, and and really invest significant time in getting to know the schools beyond the superficial level of, um, you know, I, I, my colleague has been there and I've had such great things about it and it's a fantastic brand name, right? You really need to sort of get under the hood of the program and understand um, all the different elements. And it is a complex um, a decision, right, with many different um, variables. And you should think very carefully about, you know, what are the variables that are really important to you before you 
um, put all that effort and money and time into the application process. Yeah, totally. Well, there you have it. Um, don't apply to one or two places if you want to get an MBA. <laughs> um, or apply to one or two places if you're not sure about the MBA, you're making a lot of money and you could advance uh, very nicely in your current career and your current place. Um, it may not well be worth it. All right. Hey, thank you for joining us. This is John Bear with Poets and Quants. You've been listening to Business Casual, our weekly podcast. Oh, 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 oh,